Morning, Veritas. Um, glad that you came out this morning. And if you're watching online, we welcome you. Um, so like they said, um, there are sermon notes on uh, the website. If you go to veritascommunity.org and uh, you click on the click all links to the media, you can go to uh, lyrics and sermon notes and uh, you can follow along. There's some blanks to help you. And if you're watching online, all of the notes will fill in. So if you miss one of the blanks, maybe you could get on the live stream. It's like a 20 second delay. So uh, if you miss anything. All right. So um, we're so glad to be here. And what a beautiful song to sing on such an occasion that all creation is pouring forth speech and declaring that Jesus Christ is Lord. And, and there is a God in the heavens and and uh, he has created us, he has made us, and so this morning uh, we're excited to, to bring God's word. So we've been working through the Lord's Prayer, and I want to begin and, and read that again. Um, we've been studying line by line through the Lord's Prayer, and so we are in Matthew chapter 6 this morning. I want to start with uh, the Lord's Prayer. Jesus says, therefore you should pray like this, our Father in heaven... Your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And this morning, um, sermon notes are flying everywhere. And uh, just embrace the chaos of whatever this is going to be. If your kids start going nuts and they can't handle this and you need to go play in the field over there, then uh, more power to you. We've got uh, sidewalk chalk over here. Whatever you need to do, let's just, um, yeah, we're, we're a family. And so uh, just go for it. But um, we're talking about the last line this morning. The last line is, and do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So we talked to, um, about six weeks ago in Luke 12 before we started the Lord's Prayer. And Jesus says, fear not, little flock. Fear not, little flock. And he, it's interesting because he's telling us to not be afraid. But at the end of the Lord's Prayer, this is such an interesting way to end because he's kind of saying, hey, here's how I want you to end the prayer Deliver us from the evil one. Now, that's, that's, to me, that's kind of scary because this is a problem. The world is a dangerous place, right? Jesus is acknowledging this world is a dangerous place. So when, I, when, I, when you end your prayer, I want you to end with a prayer for protection. And he calls us sheep in Luke 12. He says, uh, fear not, little flock. We're, we're like sheep. We're helpless. We're vulnerable. And I told the story um, a few weeks ago. Remember Mabel? Mabel the bunny? Uh, our family took the plunge, and got a bunny, okay? People are doing crazy things during quarantine. Uh, our crazy thing was we got a bunny, and I was talking about um, our dog. Uh, we wondered how long this bunny would last before our dog Perry got to him. Well, um, I'm going to end the Mabel story this morning. Mabel escaped from her cage, and Mabel found out how dangerous the world is. And I'm going to finish that story at the end. You're going to have to wait for it. Um, but that is the problem, folks. We are bunnies in a dangerous world. 
And here's a couple questions that I have as we look at this phrase that Jesus says, do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Two questions I want to answer this morning. Number one, why is the world dangerous? What makes this world a dangerous place according to Jesus? And number two, how do we stay safe in a dangerous world? How do we stay safe in a dangerous world? So he says, do not bring us into temptation. Some of you guys have heard it. Uh, and quoted it as, lead us not into temptation. Now, that's confusing. That's confusing to me because I've always wondered, well, maybe it's a dangerous place because God is the one who leads us into temptation. That's the way it sounds in, as you translate this into English, like, don't lead us into temptation. Don't bring us into temptation as though God usually does, but we need to pray that he doesn't. So, that's a little confusing, but let's look at Scripture to interpret Scripture. James 1, 13 says, No one undergoing a trial should say, I am being tempted by God. Since God is not tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. So if you're undergoing temptation, you shouldn't say, this is God's fault. He did this. Uh, so it, it's kind of confusing. James is saying, God is not the one who brings us into temptation. Okay, so... But the second half of the prayer is, but deliver us, but deliver us. So I, I look, like how the message translate this. Keep us safe. Keep us safe from ourselves and from the evil one. Okay, protect us. And he says, protect us from the evil one. In the, in the original language, this, this evil one kind of leaves room for either it being the evil one specifically, like Satan, or evil in general, just the evil that is out there. And so it could be either of those. But if we remember the context, remember Matthew chapter 4, right before this, Jesus goes into the wilderness and he is tempted by the evil one, by Satan himself. So, so we, we ask the question, we're asking the question, why is the world dangerous? Well, the first point, if you're taking notes, why is the world dangerous? Number one, Satan wants to destroy you. Satan wants to destroy you, the evil one, this one who's described by Peter as the roaring lion. He's, he's like a roaring lion just waiting to devour someone. Um, Jesus calls him the liar and the father of lies. He is the king of deception. He's a master in deception. He, in John 10, Jesus says that the thief, Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy that's his agenda. So he is a real enemy out there. And we have to acknowledge this. We have to acknowledge this. Why is this important? I mean, I don't know about you. Sometimes I feel like ignorance is bliss. Um, and so I, uh, yesterday was on a riding mower and a big old snake came out from the mower and I was like, ah, I'm on a massive zero turn lawnmower and I'm afraid of a snake. Like I, and then I was like, you know what, from now on, I don't know why I'm afraid of snakes, but I would just rather pretend that there's no snakes out there because I'm terrified of these. So we were in Africa, uh, deep into the bush in this very remote village in Africa. And we were uh, going to into the mountain to bring uh, running water to this village, and there's this mountain spring. And so as we were walking up, our, our uh, sort of our guide, uh, Joe Kalunga, he's the teacher there, and He's the one who kind of mastermind this whole well project. And well, anyway, we're, we're walking in up into the, the mountain area. 
and notice, like, know this, there's like cheetahs and leopards, and it's like a zoo without any fences or anything. I mean, this is a very dangerous place in the Luongo Valley in, in, uh, in Africa, and we're like walking up into the mountain, and he's, he ducks down, he's ducking like this as he's walking. And we're walking behind him, and, and we see him duck, and all of a sudden we're like, we start ducking, but we don't know why we're ducking. And so we, Joe, Joe, what's going on here? And he says, we're getting close to the spring. And see these trees, the snakes are in the, and these aren't like garter snakes. These are very deadly, dangerous snakes, cobras and black mambas. And, and he's like, there are snakes in the trees and it's dry season. And so they come out because every animal comes to this little spring to feed. And so there's there's leopards and there's birds that come and the snakes want to kill the birds, but there's also people. And he said those, uh, this is what makes us very dangerous. This is part of why getting this well down to the village was so important. And these poisonous snakes hanging in the tree. Well, guess what? That's nice to know, okay? That's nice to know if you're walking through uh, up to the well because, um, and now I want, to, I want to ask you a question. How do you think I approached every tree from then on? I'm ducking down, and, and I don't know, like, I'm almost to an army crawl, you know, and then I'm thinking, like, they're down here too, shoot. Uh, I don't know what to do, but there's snakes everywhere, and so I was almost paralyzed by fear, okay? I was almost paralyzed by fear of the knowledge that there are snakes in the trees. Now, that's how some of you are this morning, us, with this knowledge that Satan is out there, because we, we need to know that. That's helpful. But then we can go the other way of like, oh, no, this is crazy. And then we're hanging out with the African boys and girls, and they're walking around without shoes, and they're not worried about anything, right? They understand the danger of the jungle, of the bush, but they're not paralyzed by fear. So I feel like um, that's kind of the tension that I feel as I read this, deliver us from the evil one. It's like we need the knowledge that there is a real one out there, but if you tiptoe around everywhere and you're trying to find Satan behind every bush, uh, that's no way to leave. No, that's no way to live, okay? So we don't want to be paralyzed with fear, but we want to be aware that there is an enemy out there that wants to destroy us. Okay, so Jesus also reminds us. So point number one is the world is dangerous because Satan wants to destroy you, but but we also see that Jesus is, is also talking about evil in general. He reminds us that it's not just the evil one that makes this world dangerous. It's also the evil in us that makes this world dangerous. I want you to see this from James 2.14. It's the end of the verse that I just quoted earlier. James says, but each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. So we can't blame everything on the evil one out there. We have to look inside our hearts and recognize and that, that the evil is, is right there inside of us, in our flesh, like we we now steal from the cookie jar. Nobody had to teach us how to fudge the truth to make ourselves look good. Nobody had to teach us how to be greedy for money. Nobody had to teach us how to go for the clickbait, right, on the internet. It's just like it's in us to want that. And why is the world dangerous? Number two, if you're taking notes, we desire things that can kill us. 
we desire things that can kill us. So here's the progression. If we're looking, if we're thinking about this temptation, the progression of, of temptation is really like three stim- simple steps. And it's probably more complex than this, but, but it's at least this. Three simple steps toward <laughs> destruction. Step number one, if you're taking notes, is this. I want something. I want something. So it starts with a desire that we have. Our eyes see something, and we quickly want that thing. Genesis 3, if we go back to the very original situation of temptation, we look at Genesis 3. Remember the Garden of Eden? I mean, imagine this world. Imagine this world. The beautiful Iowa landscape. Imagine this without sin. Imagine this without viruses. Imagine this without racism. Imagine this without hatred, violence, immorality, lying, cheating, stealing. Imagine just a perfect world. That's what we find in Genesis 3. But then it says, Eve, Genesis 3, 6, Eve saw that this tree was good for food and delightful to look at. We know what that's like. We've seen stuff that, like, ooh, I, I actually, I need to click that. Like, I need that. I think I see that and I want it. She saw that it was delightful to look at and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. Mm. If I get that thing, I think that that will make me happy. I think that that will make me smarter and better. Like, I see this. I want it. I need it. Yeah, think clickbait. Um, No offense to those of you who love TikTok, but think TikTok, right? The more skin you show, the more love you get and likes and views and all that. Like, isn't that just a picture of of what sin is like? Like, oh, wow, there's this. Like, I need to see that. I need to click that. I need to do this. Like, I see this thing that I want. Okay, so, all right, TikTok is not all evil. There's some fun stuff on there. But here's the thing. We see that on social media as just an obvious example of clicking things, seeing things that we want, we need, whatever. Whether it's online shopping, whether it's online, all that stuff. Okay, so look, at I, I see this thing, I want it, and then guess what happens? I'm standing there staring at this tree that I want to eat the fruit from, and guess what happens? The evil one comes and is like, oh yeah, you totally need that. Step number two is, Satan helps me justify it. If you're taking notes, that's the second kind of sub-point here of the process of temptation is I see something, I want it. Number two is Satan helps me justify it. He helps me rationalize it. Here's what Satan vo- Satan's voice sounds like. You need to listen, just listen to what his voice sounds like. Here it is, Genesis 3.1. Did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? So I just imagine seeing Eve's like staring at this tree and Satan comes along and he's like, did God really say you couldn't eat that? I mean, that's crazy because you and I both know that you need this to be happy. Wow, I can't believe he would say that. And then look at verse four. I could just say Eve saying, uh, he said we would die if we eat it. And he's like, verse four, no, no. You will certainly 
not die. The serpent said to the woman. I can just hear his voice. Seriously? He said you couldn't eat that because that little piece of fruit is not going to hurt you. And then look in verse 5. Listen to his voice. In fact, God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. I think Satan's voice is like, you know, you need this to be happy. Of course it won't hurt you. And God is mean for withholding this from you. Because you know that if you're going to be happy, you're going to have to live out. See those desires that you have? You're going to tell me that God said, you can't have that thing that you want. He is not good. Can you hear Satan's voice in this? Now, this step, okay, I see this thing, I want it. Satan's right there like, dude, you need it to be happy. God's mean. He has no idea what he's talking about. Just go for it. And now this step, okay, listen, this step between B and C is so important. This is so critical in the temptation thing. As we pray, God, deliver us from this. Listen to this. We can't control the desires and thoughts that we have, right? Like thoughts come into our head all the time. These desires come into our head all the time. We can't control that, okay? Satan coming, encouraging this. We, we can't control this, but think about this. It's the next step that's so critical because like, listen, if a bird flies over us right now and poops and it hits one of your head, I'm like, I'm really sorry about that. You couldn't control that, right? You can't control you know, if a bird flies over and poops on your head, okay? But if a bird flies over you, lands in your hair, and makes a nest in your hair, that's on you, all right? So it's the difference between, like, a bird flying over, like, dang, I didn't want that on my head. Shoot, you know, and it's like, clean it out, whatever. Uh, that's like a thought, a desire, boom, all that. Couldn't control it. But now if the bird lands in your head and is, like, making a nest and going getting sticks and you're, like, ignoring it, that's on you, okay? If the temptation comes to you and it's that next step of like not flying away, like letting it be in your mind, in your head, that's where the problem is. And that is this next step between B and C. Some of you are like, yeah, that's why I like having no hair because I don't have to worry about that. All right, um, I'm headed there. The, the last thing, the third step in this whole temptation thing is if you're taking notes, I sin, I sin, and it destroys me and others. I sin, and it destroys me and others. Jesus, or God in the garden says, you will surely die if you eat of that fruit, and guess what? Here we are, death. And I don't have the easiest thing to convince someone of. You don't have to be a Christian to believe this. You don't have to be someone who believes in God to believe this. The easiest thing to convince someone of is this world is not the way it's supposed to be. I mean, don't you just long for justice? This world is not the way it's supposed to be. And it's because of this moment of, yes, I want that sin. God is not good. How did clicking on that little image affect your spouse, your future spouse? How did... All of that rage and anger and bitterness and 
whether it's greed or immorality, all of those temptations that we face, how did it work out for us? It ended up destroying us and the people around us, the people we love. Now, let me just, as we kind of, we're kind of uh, landing this here, but I'm going to add just a little bit of layer of complexity to this whole thing because we have evil desires, right? But we also have good desires. There's a lot of trees that we do desire the fruit of, and those are all great trees. There's a whole world out there that we are called to enjoy, desires that we have for love and food and community, and all of those things are great desires. So what do we do? We've got these evil desires, and we've got these good desires. You guys, this is so confusing. I mean, if only there was a way to know which desires were good and which desires were bad. Man, if only we could know, then we would know how to overcome temptation. Ta-da! God's word. This is the filter for us. We can know the good. We don't have to wonder what God says is good and what God says is bad and will hurt us. Remember Jesus, when he was tempted, what did he say? It is written. It is written. It is written. Don't trust the thing that you want. Trust the truth of God's word and filter that desire through the word. So the last question is, how do we stay safe in a dangerous world? If you're taking notes, prayer and the word. Prayer and the word. We see this. Jesus fasting and praying in the wilderness. God, protect me. God, protect me. And Satan comes, tempts him. And he's like, it is written. It is written. It is written. When we're in the truth, we're safe. And when we're living in a world with desires that are good and desires that are bad, freedom, true freedom, is freedom to be who God created us to be, living in the world that he created us to be, this righteous path that he's put before us. So many great things in this world to enjoy. And he's given us the word to know. And it's putting this truth of God's word over our desires. Eve let her desires trump the truth of what God said. And so we need to put this over us, over our desires. God gave us so many good so many good things to enjoy. And this is how temptation works. I'm going to end with this story. So I told you about Mabel. Mabel the bunny. Mabel the bunny escaped. Now let me ask you, is Mabel lived her whole life trapped in this cage? I mean, she, she had a little shelter that we built for her. She had straw. We would put dandelions in there. She loved dandelions. Lettuce, fresh lettuce from the garden we would put in there. Grass. Mabel had access to all this wonderful thing, shelter. We put a little fence on the front, like, uh, like wire, and, and she could go out and just, just look and enjoy uh, all of the creation, and she could just eat whatever grass in her little, you know, two-by-two two area. It was, it was lovely. She was safe. Mabel escaped. Here's a question. Is Mabel truly free? Mabel perished. 
couple weeks ago, yes, Mabel escaped and Mabel perished. See, there's a little gap that she found. See, we would put this little shelter over the top of her and in the grass, there was a little dip in the grass and little Mabel escaped from the cage. Mabel found her way out and the kids went out to check on her and it was empty. And Perry, the dog, who we thought was going to be the worst enemy. I have good news. Perry was not responsible for her death. This is a very good thing in the Aaron household that that was not the case. But Perry was a part of helping us find Mabel's remains. So we, we let Perry out, and Perry found some fur of Mabel's. And there were other things that, that we won't talk about this morning that Perry found. And so um, we had a funeral for Mabel. We had a funeral. Um, we, uh, one of my boys uh, made a grave, and uh, we had a little tombstone. It was a little rock, and on it, uh, it was written, love is patient, love is kind. There were some flowers, um, and it was uh, actually our kids put, buried Mabel with some of her favorite things, put a dandelion, some lettuce, uh, some, some straw, and uh, we're standing around this, this grave, and I got home, and it's like the kids really wanted to have a funeral, I'm like, how do you do a funeral for a bunny? So we all stood around, and we're standing there, and I don't know what to say. And so my daughter says, I, I, I want to sing one of the songs we sang at Grandma's funeral. And so I was like, okay. It is well with my soul. All right, here we go, kids. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, and I'm standing there, and I just start laughing. And the funeral was over. I'm like, I can't do this, right? This is, this is like a bunny. Okay, we're, we're not going to do this. We're not doing a funeral for Mabel. I'm sorry, kids. It's over. Yes. Okay, the end of her life. Here, here's the point, all right? Here's the point. Mabel found a way out. She put her desires over the protection of the cage that we had built for her. This is us. We are constantly trying to get to the edge and find ways out from God's protection. Mabel is actually not free. Mabel is dead. And that's what happens to us when we try to escape the protection of God and his word. It is written. It is written. There's so many things. Okay, it's not just a little cage for us. It's the entire world that God made for us to enjoy. So here's the truth. All of us are tempted. All of us are dragged away. And Jesus wants us to pray and beg that God will protect us. And so here's the great news this morning, church. Um, well, I guess I just want to ask you first, do you know the truth? Do you know God's word? Is this like, do you cling to this every day of your life? Like, God, please help me understand your truth. Like, I, left to myself, will destroy my life with my own evil desires and Satan doesn't have to work very hard to tempt me because I don't know your word and so I just kind of go through life doing what I want. Do you know the truth of God's word? Are you in the truth? Um, kids, ask your parents to help you like read this book to you and help you memorize this book and this is a great time. We as a family need to get back to memorizing this book and knowing God's truth. It is written, it is written. So here's the great news as we close. All of us have escaped. All of us have given into our evil desires. And as the hymn says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Uh, some of us come to this place 
whether you're here just like sitting out on this lawn or parking lot or you're watching online, we have made a mess of our lives, haven't we? We have escaped and we think, well, what's our hope? Like we, like the sin killed us. No, I have great news for you. Nope. Jesus raises dead people to life. Jesus is in the business of forgiving sinners. Like when you fail, Jesus didn't fail. And that's great news for you. This is not about you overcoming temptation. That is not your salvation. It's that Jesus has done that for you. So this morning, the great news is you just come and say, Jesus, save me. Let me back into your protection because I've escaped. Some of you even just like last night, this morning, you're like, yeah, I kind of ran out and did this stupid thing. Great news this morning. Come to Jesus and he is our protection. Whoever dwells in the sacred place of the Most High God will abide under the shadow of the Almighty, and I will save the Lord. He is my refuge, my God, and in him will I trust. Let's pray together. Jesus Christ, we run to you this morning. We run to the cross because we know that we have so many times given into our desires, and we feel it. Lord, we feel it. Prone to wander. Lord, we feel it. Why, Lord? Do we constantly try to escape and eat that fruit? Lord, we are sinners and we desperately need Jesus. God, I pray for us as a church that you will bring us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, from the evil one. Protect us, God, as we run to the cross. I pray this quarantine has brought in new temptations and struggles and fears and anxieties and all those things. And I pray that you will deliver us from those things as we run to Jesus. And just even right now, just let freedom just flood over us and remind us of all the great things that you've given us, this, this world that you've created for our enjoyment. Bring freedom and life under your protection. God, I pray for our world right now that is so hurting. God, we ask for your mercy. And we cry out with so many people around our nation and this world saying, how long, O oh Lord, will you come and restore your kingdom on this earth as it is in heaven? God, we look to you today as we worship you and end our time. May you just flood us with your Holy Spirit and your freedom and your protection in Jesus' name.